0: Welcome and thank you for joining us in Season 3 of the real Religion Podcast, where a rabbi and a reverend walk into a podcast and talk real about religion.
1: Joel, good afternoon.
0: Howdy, Rabbi Eric. We are back and at
1: it. Yes, we are. What is up with you, here. sir? How
0: is the deep, deep South going for you?
1: Oh, yeah. Do you consider Athens, Georgia, the deep, deep South?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. You really? bet.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, it's good. It's good. We have a good community. I'm going to talk about a, a, a incident uh, in our community uh, for my topic this week. But generally speaking, everything's fine. Life is crazy. Um, you know, the blend of uh, – you know, what people call work-life balance uh, is a little bit out of balance right now for me, but that's fine. It ebbs and flows. As King Is Solomon that the new said, dad
0: complaint right there? Is that what that is? You're living into this, holy cow, now I have this other major zone of my life called parenting, and it is swallowing up my old school capacities to survive.
1: Well, it's not just uh, new parent. It's also uh, almost new parent for right. the second one. <laughs> yeah. but, Keep going, uh, buddy. Keep little, going. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, uh, you yeah can, there's a little bit of that.
0: But Your children um, shall be more numerous than the sands of the beaches and the stars of the heavens.
1: Well, there's going to be two stars for us. <laughs> God willing. God willing. Uh, how are you? I'm all right.
0: I wish I was in Athens, though, because this weekend, the Atlanta United are playing a match at the University of Georgia. It's preseason. But still, and uh, one of the podcasts that I listen to called Soccer Down Here, it's a big Atlanta United podcast, they are broadcasting from Authentic Brewing, the brewery that our old buddy of mine and congregation member, Paul Skinner, and his wife, uh co-founded and started so like wow if what I I wish I could be with Paul and Don at authentic Brewing and go to the game this weekend but alas
1: what's stopping you
0: <laughs> a flight yeah money distance there's
1: a car you could drive. <laughs>
0: Well, this season we are doing different things. We aren't just throwing out text or scripture or whatever. We're trying to grab something from our world, something that happened in the last week or two and lift it up before you and wonder about it through our various faith lenses. So let's get in to uh, another episode of season three. Let's do
1: it. What have you been thinking about this week?
0: Oh boy. Okay. So this morning I was listening to a podcast from the New York Times and it's something like, we need to talk about COVID. And uh, it was interesting. They they did a survey about uh, how people feel about the risk of COVID. And they learned something about humanity, especially American humanity. Like, here's, here's the gist of it. We know that young people are far less likely to suffer severe COVID than older people. Young people are far less likely to be hospitalized or die from COVID than older people. Yet, younger people, middle-aged and older, are equally very worried about getting sick or not at all worried about getting sick. And that doesn't make sense. Like the science says, younger people should not be very worried about getting sick. And older people should be considerably more worried than younger about getting sick. But it's not like that. Across all the age groups, they're equally very worried or not at all worried. And the shocker was to me, it's not what you have to do is unpack those ages the issue is democrats regardless of age are more worried and republicans regardless of age are are less worried and so if you looked if you took that out the republican democrat the younger are less worried and the older are more worried the vaccinated are less worried and the unvaccinated are more worried. But once you pack Republic, Republican or Democrat on there, it, the statistics don't match reality anymore at all. And I, I'm just so frustrated that the science, um, we know things about what this virus does to young and old and vaccinated and unvaccinated. We know what a power these vaccines are. But as soon as you pack political ideology on top of the science, people lose the ability to rationally measure their own risk or their risk to others. And they start letting political ideology run their life and affect sure. their own health and other people's health instead of the truth of the science underneath that. And that's that just blew my mind this morning. And I'm so frustrated by it.
1: So I'm first. I want to understand the study because if, well, firstly, it that sadly doesn't surprise me. I think people are, human beings are infamously known for not perceiving reality as reality, right? But mm-hmm. what is I'm not understanding the political connection in the sense of young younger people have Republicans and Democrats and older people have Republicans or Democrats. And so be a little more specific about that if you can.
0: Yeah. So when they first saw the the age breakouts, they're like, what the heck? And then one of them had like an idea, hey, wait a minute, older Americans as a group lean to the right, younger generations lean to the left. What happens if we refilter These age differences based off of political ideology, and then it all of a sudden skews. Democrats say by 65 to 30, I am more likely to prioritize safely in public health and make changes to my normal activity. Republicans 65 to 30 say, Nope, I am continuing my normal activity as much as possible. I'm not changing stuff for others. The uh, other people's safety and public health, that's not my issue. I'm doing what I want. And and that political ideology um, skewed what should have been normal age. Like if I'm younger, I'm less worried. If I'm older, I'm more worried. But then you realize older people are typically more conservative. Younger people are typically that. And so it squished it together to make it all look like there was no difference. And so by age, without political ideology, if you could ever do that, it would look normal. But you put political ideology it. on it and it just goes
1: ka and everything and goes then, wonky. Sure. And then the a little bit of a meta question, what made you pick that for today?
0: Well, so this Omicron variant, right? We are maybe, like there's a lot of, science saying that right now, at least in many parts of the U.S., especially major urban areas or places where it's had Omicron for a while, we're hopefully at the peak. We're starting to see cases and hospitalizations level off. We're starting to see, you know, deaths are still trailing because they're a factor of whatever. But the we might, now that the holidays are four or five weeks behind us, we might be ready to come off this Omicron wave and approach a new valley. And the issue there for me is can we as citizens make reasonable, rational, responsible decisions about the true amount of risk we are willing to take on ourselves and put on others? And and what I'm sensing is no. <laughs> We're not able to do that based off of political I- ideology not anything else, not the science, but based off political ideology. Even in a faith community like like a church, the, if you're far right on the political ideology, you say there is no risk, and even if there is, that's an individual's right to take that risk. We should not be imposing it on the community um, to uh, to dodge that risk. Oh my gosh, just take the mask off and do life normal. And if you're left and way left of center, you're saying, Oh my gosh, the risk is so scary. We need to wear masks at all times. And, do, and and what the survey is saying, like, hey, if you're middle to younger and vaccinated, even if you're older and vaccinated and boosted, the risk now of com- COVID Omicron is less deadly than getting in a car. Like it's time for, now for sure for your unvaccinated older folk. It's still the number one killer higher than cancer and heart disease. But if you're vaccinated and boosted, you're you're taking a bigger risk in lots of other things in your daily life than you are from COVID. But we aren't able to have a reasonable conversation um, in, in community groups on how well, to I do this. Well, I can tell
1: you for whatever it's worth, Um, so our board, based on the recommendations of our, you know, reopening committee, and I'm sure you have something similar, decided this month, the month of January, to kind of be virtual only for services. The building's still open. I'm still in the office. The administrator's still in the office. And we're still having meetings. And actually, I'm teaching adult ed tomorrow in the building. Um, but services and religious school are not. Um, and it was, and I would also say our board, is leans very heavily, you know, if I had to guess, politically democratic, just as our synagogue does, although by no means is it 100%. And our board was, I don't want to say divided, but there was a real discussion of are these um, prohibitions necessary, not from a, and and what's interesting is that I think the argument has moved in that it's not about science. And and from what I'm seeing at my congregation anyway, it's not not about politics either. It's about we are sick of this. (laughs) And so there's an element, and I feel it myself too. I feel myself being willing. I mean, sometimes I'm thankful I have a wife who keeps me in line, right? Um, You know, especially a pregnant wife where there's, you know, there's a concern for her health, her continued health and the babies. Um, But I I personally have a willingness to do things, you know, whether it's in public or not a mask, whatever that I wouldn't have done six months ago. And it's not like anything's changed. The only thing that's changed is it's been six more months. So I think there's almost this like fatigue of lack of normalcy. And that, you know, plays into the argument as well.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, this same article, it said some other things in there that it just, it kind of like, it really messes with me and it makes me think of church and synagogue communities differently, right? So if, if we too tend to have a majority political ideology inside our faith communities, that might express why we're embodying our COVID risk a certain way, even if it's not necessarily good science. Um, like it said, across most demographic groups, Americans have similar attitudes toward COVID um young and old men and women wealthy middle class poor it's the partisan gap where things just bust apart and are so far apart that they can't even understand one another and and what's weird is republican voters it says in the in this article and and podcast like it's core to their identity to downplay covid and the virus is killing way more Republicans than Democrats, way more. Right. And then right. Democrats have decided, like, to organize your life around COVID measures and to wear a mask is a sign of your political identity, even if it's like, it's really OK. You're in an all vaccinated group of people and you're middle aged or younger and you're outdoors the mask is doing almost nothing you can take it off but they won't because it's a sign to the world that they're not a conservative <laughs> and i i'm i'm scared right there there used to be a time where faith and science came in front of political identity and in fact they informed our political identity because of our faith and because of what we knew sure. to be true We embody those things in how we try to organize our communities. And what I'm, what this is, why it's scaring me is I fear that truth and faith are becoming second, third, fourth stepchildren to big number one political party affiliation, political ideology. And that that scares the stew out of me. As a faith leader, not because I'm losing power, but because I don't feel like political ideology is often honest with its people. Yes.
1: And I want to be clear. I'm not speaking for you, um, although I have the sense that you agree. But please, you know, let us let me know that that is not a that's not an underhanded way of saying, you know, right-wing republicans that 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 is across the political spectrum
0: well that's the point of this whole study like right? when the political ideology is what takes the science of covid and an honest risk assessment and skews it so where the republicans right. are saying there's no risk at all and- the democrats are over exaggerating the risk and making everybody around them sick of it, right? Sick of the yes. a, a world yeah. with COVID precautions. It reminds that are me of, I mean,
1: it it it, it kind of <laughs> uh, it reminds me a little bit of some conversations and and things in pop culture about veganism. That you know, there's there's this kind of misguided assumption that you know vegans are the reason people eat meat because sometimes people. Get, like can't stand having a conversation with a vegan because they just make people feel bad. I'm not saying this is true. I'm saying I'm this with is, you. Yeah. I, I feel like that's kind of out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. And it, in the same sense, I, I, I totally understand and resonate with, with what you just said Just for clarification purposes. It was this podcast, the daily, the New York daily. Yeah.
0: We need to talk about okay. COVID part one and it was just yeah, came yeah. out this okay. morning. So,
1: Right. Perfect. And there's that, a. That's a uh, uh, Wednesday, January twenty eighth, uh, for our listeners. So good. You, right. You could subscribe to it in your podcast and find it. New York Daily, New York Times Daily, New York
0: Times the Daily. Right. So the the one that really got me, uh, there was a, there's a graph on um, the guy who was interviewed. He did a, a written article about it too. So I, I tapped on that. Um, they ask, you know, um, how worried are you about getting sick from COVID in this next year? And varies somewhat, not too much, not at all, right? Or any one of those four. The unvaccinated, right? The biggest number was not at all. <laughs> not at all. 27%. Those who were vaccinated with booster were still 22%, very worried. But does that surprise you? Of course it does, because here's the thing. like, Oh, if it doesn't
1: surprise me at all. If
0: you're unvaccinated, you should be more worried than not at all. And if you're vaccinated with well, booster- Well, should,
1: well, the question wasn't should. The question is, how do people, I mean, yeah. I mean, for whatever reason, it, that, it just doesn't surprise me that yeah. that's the case.
0: And, and the, what they figured out is, well, that's because political ideology is informing whether or not you get vaccinated slash boosted. The farther left you are- the more likely you are to be boosted. But you're still nervous as a cat about getting infected, even though you have all the maximum protections. The farther right you are, the less likely you are to get vaccinated at all. And you're not going to be worried about it because all the media has told you not to be. So this has nothing to do with science and statistics. And well, anybody might be saying, oh, I follow the science. No, you don't. <laughs> Right. You're following. Well, political to be fair, identity.
1: though, and I don't want this to get into like a uh, almost like an epistemological conversation of like what is true and, you know, but and scientific fact. But, you know, the science like to really understand the science, you almost have to have a Ph.D. in epidemiology or at least statistics. I mean, because there's so much science and of <laughs> course, things change as new knowledge comes in. Sure. Um, One thing I do want to say also, because I I think it's funny, and if people haven't heard this before, I think it gives a little bit of an insight in a different way, though, um, to what you're describing is, you know, there's a famous psychological experiment where, you know, a teacher or someone says, okay, close your eyes, raise your hands if you think you're a below average driver. Right? And then, okay, now raise your hands if you're an above average driver. Okay, that everyone open your eyes. Without fail, much more than half the class, half of the people all the time think they're above average, which is of course absolutely impossible. And so we again, just going back to the we have a very tenuous connection between what we think is reality and uh, you know reality, especially in comparison to other things. But I digress.
0: No, you're spot on. I, for me, it comes down to we play poker sometimes. You have a poker night at your house when I was in town, and I'd get to come to that. For not me, in it a co- very
1: long time, unfortunately, it's been a yes. while, right?
0: <laughs> but it, it comes down to like there are people who are who think poker is a hundred percent game of luck, and, and they really don't understand. It's really not. It, it's a game of statistics. There's probability and risk and if you make a certain size bet but your probability is a certain amount that's a good bet or not and it's a factual situation almost every time now you can bend away from that fact or the probability if you wish and take a greater risk but there is always a maximum payout at a certain if i'm 4 to 1 odds getting something and i can get 5 to 1 money on it that's a good bet. So you go for it, right? What What we're finding out is people don't know how to play poker, right? That the idiots um, on, on the far right are all in, no matter what. Like right? you deal them a two seven off suit in the down cards, and they are all in, no matter what. And the- which
1: for you non which for you non poker members, if you're playing five card. <laughs> Uh, or if you're playing Texas Hold'em, and you get two cards. Most people think a 2-3 would be worse. But Joel is absolutely correct. The worst two cards you can have in poker as, star- as a starting end is a 2 and a 7 that are not the same suit because it prevents a flush. And the reason it's worse than a 2-6 or a 2-5 is because there's no straight potential. I'm digressing. <laughs> but I'm only digressing following Joel's digression. That's so- perfect. <laughs> there it. But then the wacky,
0: you know, scaredy cat lefties – are afraid to bet at all times. Right. And you could deal them a pair of aces. Right. You could say you're young and you're vaccinated. And they're like, yeah, but I don't, I fold. I fold. I, I don't think I should play this hand. All right. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Right. Come on, y'all. Like, there's a reality here. And I don't necessarily expect people to have PhDs and genetic science or be be virologists. I, I just want them to be reasonable understanders of the risk to them and the risk they are to others and act reasonably as they move through the world, regardless of political ideology, and then decide on our politics, okay, so how do we want to embody this in our schools or our courthouses or whatever? And for that also to be based on real statistical probabilities in science, as opposed to the gut of a political ideology. I'm, I am more sick of political ideology running everybody's lives than I am COVID running people's lives.
1: All right, ch- change of topic. Well, it's a change of topic, but it is it is something that'll get you angry. And I told Joel before the podcast, I said, you know what? For three weeks in a row, I've done something that is, either, you know, it's been a negative topic, so to speak. But that's kind of what gets under our skin. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge myself to find something uh, different next next week. So, um, I, hopefully, I'll find something. But I am challenging myself. So there was an incident um, in a, at a local school that I have become. Tangentially involved with, so there was a. Um, I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, I, and I, I'm also, you know, not going to say the name of the school or any na- obviously any names of teachers or anything like that. But um, a uh, a a class in elementary school was doing an art project, and if I understand correctly, it was either draw whatever you want or draw what makes you happy, something like that. And a student drew a beautiful rainbow, and then underneath the rainbow said, gay is okay. And you know, being an elementary school student, I, and I, you know, it wasn't, well, I guess it was that long ago for me. I can no longer say it wasn't that long ago, but like, I remember being in elementary school. You you show your teachers things, right? You want them to be proud of you. And so this person brought it to their student, or to their teacher, and the teacher loved it. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. Absolutely, like totally the right thing. Um. But uh, somehow, uh, I, and I'm guessing, you know, another kid told their parents about it. A parent complained, which, you know, of course, right? But um, where it get, gets really messy is um, the, and again, I've heard this, you know, I'm not directly involved. I'm, I, I don't, my, my son is not in elementary school. I, you know, this is through just community and congregants that I've heard this, but I certainly believe this story to be true, um, that the leadership of the school kind of disciplined the teacher, made the artwork come down and equally reprehensible to that compared the gay flag as triggering for some people in the same way that you probably have guessed where I'm going, a swastika – is triggering for some right
0: rainbows and swastikas they're
1: way rainbows and swastikas that that could be the title of our episode so um i mean i've been thinking about that i i you know i mean this is on local news and there's facebook groups i mean the thankfully the vast majority from what i've seen of the community is firmly behind this teacher, this student. There's a movement to make this artwork into a t-shirt that, like, can... Yeah, I mean, it's... People are on the right side of this. The community is on the right side of this. Um, And, you know, part of what it makes me think about is, you know, first of all, the parent complaining, like, we're not going to change that person's mind. Like, right? I mean... Yeah. So, but it's just this idea... That And I don't want to put words or thoughts into the, you know, the principals and the administrators' heads without speaking to them, which I did invite them to do with me. Mm. Um, We'll see if they take me up on it. I hope they do. Um, You know, having a disgruntled parent is bad. Therefore, we have to, you know, fix it or do what they want. And, Mm. you know, I think we come across this sometimes. Not with the same not with the same issues necessarily, but you know, where we have upset congregants that want us to do something. And just this kind of knee-jerk reaction, oh, someone's upset, I have to fix it. No, it's not necessarily your problem. It's their problem. This is this parent's problem. Mm. If he or she or they want to be offended or upset that a classmate in their kid's class wrote something, they have every right to be offended or upset, as misguided and as sad as that is. But the principal and the leaders of the school absolutely do not have a right, A, to say, well, because it's controversial or, you know, in quotes, controversial, we're going to take it down. And B, even worse, in justifying (laughs) taking it down, we're going to compare it to something else, which it has nothing in common with at all. Mm. And this isn't, and I'm not, you know, I I sometimes I'm oversensitive about using the anti-Semitism card, right? Because this this isn't about, this incident is not about Jews. Um, I think it's about inclusiveness, which certainly includes Jews. But, you know, for me, the swastika represents absolute hatred and the desire to completely annihilate a people off the face of the earth, Mm -hmm. even... Yeah. If you are not for gay rights, yeah, you cannot make the argument that the rainbow flag is a symbol of hatred or annihilation. I mean, it, it's so anathema. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on the one hand, I'm very sad. I'm angry. But I'm also so thankful for the Athens community that really has kind of stepped up to the plate on this one. Yeah.
0: I, I'm not there in the midst of this. So, so a teacher like posted this artwork somewhere, and a parent no, freak, I, 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 no out. in the
1: classroom. I don't think it was posted socially. I think it was just either in the classroom or yeah. you know how an elementary yeah, school you on have her a bulletin hallway. board yeah. on her door, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly.
0: And a parent freaked out, and so the school administrators sided with the parent. That uh, is my understanding. And challenge the teacher. So, what did the top brass above the school administrators do? Like, so
1: they, so they, and and this just happened a few days ago. Um, But the superintendent put out a letter, a public facing letter yesterday that I saw that was, um, it was unabashedly clear. um, And again, I I don't have it in front of me right now, but. It was clear in uh, rejecting, A, the comparison of the swastika and the flag, Mm -hmm. and B, saying unequivocally that we are inclusive of all and this behavior, namely the behavior of the school, not the behavior of the student, again, just to be very clear, that the behavior of the school is not who we are or who we want to be and that there will be action. Um, Wow. So I was, you know, it seems it seems like this this is not, you know, this is not a systemic I don't want to say it's not systemic that but it this issue seems to be be in the process of being handled correctly by other leadership.
0: Yeah, you would hope like so the teacher who gets pushed on by the parent, right? And then the parent takes it up a notch and so the local school administration defends the reasonable um, sign of inclusiveness. And so the, t- the parent takes it up a notch. And so the county administrators defend the line. But it sounds like the big mistake was that the school administration and the Correct. teacher and the top brass are cool, but it's the local principal and, or associate you know, principal I, or whatever.
1: I want to be very clear, especially with people who may be listening to this, you know, out either in or outside Athens that you know, I am not, I am not, you know, on a bandwagon of fire these people. I'm on the bandwagon (laughs) of, you know, we need to teach, educate and change minds and hearts Hmm. because uh, that's not to say that they won't or shouldn't be fired. But my main goal is it is for an understanding, you know, we call it in Judaism, chuva, the kind of turning. We've talked about that before, yeah. of um, you know, of, of new ways, and you know, we all have to do that learning about all sorts of things. And I, I, I just, I hope that that happens, and, yeah. and and I hope that in that even amidst the clamor and anger, and rightfully so, um, I, I really hope that that happens.
0: Well, and there's something in that measure, like there are in a community and, and a church system is a community and every school is a community and they have certain community policies. Hey, this is how we're going to operate. This is language that's out of bounds. These are symbols that are out of bounds, right? And this is how we're going to talk about each other. And they have rules for that. And my guess is the rules are anti-discriminatory against LGBTQ. And anti Nazi symbols, right? (laughs) So, right.
1: So controversial. Holy cow,
0: right? What do you. So, if let's say this kid had drawn a swastika and said, down with Jews. Yeah. And the teacher had put that up in the same place. My guess is the whole community understands no down stop it and if the for kid sure. draws a rainbow and says yay for gay or whatever on it the community rule is exactly that's that's who we are we're inclusive like that um, and
1: also as a as a it's a small point but i think it's important is this is a public school right and you know, it is like it is legal to be gay. It is le- thankfully, it is legal to have gay marriage. If you want to send, and if you so virulently are against that again, embarrassingly so, but whatever then, and you don't want your child to be exposed to that, then send them to a private school. But the, like, the that is not for you to dictate to the teachers, to the administrators. It's like, shame on you.
0: Yeah yeah once community policies are are clarified personal ideology has to submit to that so let's say the principal totally disagrees with that whole rainbow thing right it doesn't matter dude you that principal male female whatever is in a system that has said no we're going to be inclusive if if you have a personal and ideology think, sorry you have to defer
1: and that's where again i It's completely misguided and inappropriate. But I think that's what, again, if I understand this all correctly, that's where the comparison to the swastika is. Mm. Even though, again, even though it's completely inappropriate and wrong in that it doesn't matter what I think. But others, for others, it's, you know, it's it's similar. And sadly... You know, it's not for the scope of our conversation today, but there are these new laws going across school boards everywhere where like, you know, funding will be cut if you talk about racism or, you know, or or to take this to an extreme or, you know, if you do talk about gay rights and like that is really scary. You're like you talk about, you know, this relates to what you talked about in your, you know, your section Mm -hmm. about the fear of the politi- politicalization spreading to places where it should not be spread.
0: And maybe that's the difficulty that and the thread that goes through both of these is, you know, I, I never sent our kids to school so they would think just like me. I sent them to give them a foundation of truth and a way of thinking through disparate bits and pieces of knowledge and trying to craft Something that might be true. Craft a theory. Craft a you know an analysis that might explain reality for you. And you've got the same bits of and dots of data that this other person does, and you craft a theory and they craft a theory. Fine. Now go test them both and see which one y'all come to terms on. Um that's what politics really should be. It shouldn't be I accept the dots that match what I want them to be, and I reject the dots of reality that don't match what I want it to be, because I've connected the dots the way I want them to be connected, and any extra dot, I don't want. (laughs) So I reject
1: it. Absolutely. Right? And how to
0: teach people, like, sorry, y'all, people are born on the LGBTQ spectrum space. That. All over it. There's not just male and female, right? It's it's more to it than that. Gender to sexuality to whatever. It is. It's a bigger
1: uh, and creation. You know, in elementary school now, different than when we were kids. There are kids that identify as transgender or queer or gay not and i'm not equating being gay with transgender i understand the difference but but like this is not anathema for schools right or who you have know, two moms like not, or who
0: have two dads right and
1: i uh, exactly yeah. exactly
0: no matter if they're so, identifying as anything yet in fourth grade they have two dads or whatever yeah. correct wow
1: so that's what i've been thinking about Yucky. but next week i'm going to think yeah <laughs> But next week, I'm going to think about something happier, Joel. Good luck trying to find that.
0: But um, I'll support w- <laughs> you in the search.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, my god. <laughs> well, keep it real, everyone. Hope, uh, hope you all have had some things this week uh, for you to think about also and possibly in a faith-related way.
0: Yeah, and if y'all have ideas or topics that you want us to tackle with you, send them to religionpodcast at gmail.com. We're happy to include them. Until next time. Shalom. Thank you for joining us on the real Religion Podcast today, where a rabbi and a reverend walk into a podcast and talk real about religion. I'm Reverend Joel Talbert, and on behalf of Rabbi Eric Linder, and all the religion fans out there, we thank you for being with us today and invite you to send us any feedback or suggestions or topic ideas to religionpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep it real.